One of my favorite people joins us now on the phone. If, if the world had more people like him, we would be a much, much better place. Skip and I had the privilege of, of meeting a gentleman by the name of Manesh when we worked in, lived in Detroit. And he's become a, a, a close friend of ours. He's even featured in our documentary, uh, Intolerable, at intolerable.us. And he joins us now on the phone. How are you, Manesh? Good morning. And thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate uh, that introduction, Doc. And Skip, thanks again. No, Manesh, I, I, I have so much respect for you. Aside from your intelligence and your fight and your commitment to doing what's right, your story of coming to America, and first of all, how you were raised and then coming to America, is the type of story we need to tell. We need to tell stories like yours of people who, who figured the whole thing out because they've seen the other side. So tell us about your life growing up. Uh, as you know from my accent, I wasn't born in Dallas or Dayton. I was born in <laughs> India. <laughs> I was born in a city called Agra, which is where Taj Mahal is located, and grew up very poor. Now, here is the fun part. I never knew we were poor until I'm sure I was watching Kardashians, right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't uh, have any TV at that time. We didn't have any radio. Well, we just had radio. We didn't have a cassette player at that time. I'm sure some of your audience may not even know what cassette players are anymore. Right. Okay. And we had one big room, one kitchen, five children, uh, and my parents worked hard. So it was all outdoor, you know, in terms of we didn't have all indoor plumbing either, which is why when people ask me, hey, Vinesh, would you like go camp? Would you like to go camping? Typical my response is, I did that for 25 years. I don't want to do it again. Right? <laughs> I've been there. I've camped plenty of times. It was called the first 25 Camping's years. Camping's not a whole lot of fun for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, when it is naturally every day, that's not camping, right? Right. So that's the interesting part about it. But the key part in my family was my parents instilled in us the ethic of you know going to school, getting good education, and having a good job in terms of the typical <clears throat> dream that we talk about because there was no other way for us to escape the you know poverty or low life or low income lifestyle and that's really and I didn't realize it about US until later when I started finding out more about it and when I came here the first time I still was still thinking of just visiting US and going back to India and I came for a project to be done here uh, and after I left and went back to India, I realized India was more <laughs> crowded, more polluted, more noisy, and really the amenities and stuff were so little that uh, it amazed me how an average American enjoys a wonderful lifestyle that the average person in most people, most places on the planet would practically never have access to. So that is just amazing to me, and all my family and friends are doing well, and the bottom line for them and for us is, hey, there's a better lifestyle in U.S. Since then, I have a couple of other relatives here. My three nephews are in U.S. as well now because they know U.S. is a lot better place to be. But all of us have had degrees in engineering or other professions before we came here, and we worked hard to go through the right channel, apply, and go through whatever the visa process was. So so here you are, Manesh. You're, you're, you're in India, and... You say, okay, this is this is my life, and if I want to change that life, I've got to work hard and I've got to get an education. But you had nothing to take for granted. The American kids, myself included, we grow up and we take it for granted. We say, 
hey, look around. We're, you know, free or as free as, you know, anybody at this point. And we have food and, you know, it's hard to starve. And look, there's all this stuff around and cell phones and Kardashians. But you didn't have that as an option. You said, if I wanted some of those things, I have to work hard and come to the U.S. and, and do things the right way. Exactly. And I think one of the parts that I do want to mention here is we live in a herd mentality as human beings. So the herd that I grew up with was, hey, go to school, work hard. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that is just the herd I lived in. And I think that herd is not as much in U.S. anymore oh. as it, I think, was. Uh, at some point, I'm sure that people are taking things for granted because we didn't have anything to take for granted. There was nobody going to bail us out, right? <laughs> there were no food stamps or any of that stuff. It was simply, hey, if you want a better life, you are personally responsible for creating a better life. Manesh, when did you say, I think I want to stay in America? I think I want to become a citizen. <laughs> Well, that's a good point, because a lot of people coming from countries like mine initially have that quandary, because we love being, you know, from the countries that we were, we still have that uh, culture, you know, families and others rooted there. And when we come here, it's a shock, because it's a very different system. So for me, it was a hard decision initially, because I did want to go back to India. I'm the only out of the five in U.S., so all of my four brother siblings are in India. My parents are in India who are already getting older. So when I came here and I realized the difference in lifestyle, just the basic lifestyle, I'm talking of roads, clean water, air. I'm not talking of extravagant lifestyle here. Right. I'm just talking of the basic amenities. And I saw how difficult it was in India to have that basic amenities compared to what we have in U.S. I just said, hey, there's a lot better opportunity overall of a better lifestyle in U.S. than in India. So after I went back the first time, I saw the difference between the two lifestyles, real example, and then I had to decide, where do I want to be? And frankly, there was no comparison. <laughs> it was right. like, hey, I need to go back to U.S. And I told my parents, hey, I don't think I'll be coming back to live in India again because I'm planning to live in U.S. See, Manesh, that's got to be really difficult. As you know, my, my wife and my mother-in-law, right. my family is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, immigrants. That's got to be a really difficult choice that I, I don't think most Americans, uh, born and bred Americans, understand this, the, the non-naturalized. We really don't understand what it's like to say, I'm going to give up that huge part of me. Most Americans find it difficult if you're, if you're born and raised in Texas and you decide to move to Seattle or something. That's a huge you know, cultural shift. But to say, I'm going to give up this thing that is, your culture is a huge part of who you are. And to say, I'm going to make this commitment to say, I am no longer going to be a citizen of whatever country. Yeah, I'll still have some of the culture and the memories and the food and, you know, traditions. But I'm going to become something else. That's got to be really difficult. And I agree with you. I think the statistics are that most Americans live, work, die within 50 miles radius. Okay. Amazing. That is just the amazing statistic. So people like me obviously are thousands of miles away, oceans away from that Mm -hmm. perspective. And it is a hard choice, which is why a lot of families from different countries like mine, okay, we travel, we connect with people, because we have to find that connection with the people that are important to us, that uh, we really need. You know, it's like, that's why Little Italy comes about, Little China, China Mm -hmm. Town comes about, because that's how the cultures connect with their roots 
through that association. And it is hard. I mean, I haven't, I mean, I talk to my mom practically every day on the phone, but I don't get to see her as often as I would like. Same thing applies to the rest of my family. In fact, to give you a quick example, when people talk about immigration and all this kind of stuff, my sister and brother-in-law were able to get a visa to visit U.S. for the first time. And the last, the first time that I tried for them was in 1999. Can you believe that? And they couldn't get a visa to even visit U.S. They weren't planning to live here. They just were planning to visit in, during the summer vacation. Wow. So imagine what is it? 15 years later, they get a visa to come and visit U.S. Isn't that amazing? Wow. You know, it really, uh, all they had to do, Manesh, was just uh, walk across the desert. They come right in. They come. They can stay. That's all they had to do. <laughs> now, there's even a, there's a beacon they can press to. A helicopter will come pick them up and take them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I think the people who are branding people like me, who want legal immigration mm-hmm. as anti-immigration, is a joke because we are for immigration and the logic never holds true for these people because if they say let's have open borders do you think the rest of the five billion on the on the world are not looking to come to us right no no (laughs) no five billion right you're you're, no you're absolutely right and you know i'm okay i think in the long term and i'm gonna i'm gonna do some more on this and maybe pursue this as either a uh a documentary or a feature here on the show about us expanding America and growing new states and stuff like that long term. But the short version is, Manesh, we know that you being here and my ancestors being here and all these different cultures and my wife and whatever, that is the melting pot. That is the 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 sum being greater than the total of its parts or the total being greater than the sum of its parts, where all of us coming together and bringing these ideas makes us very strong. As long as that idea, the, at the core of all of that, is people who want to be, be free and respect each other's personal freedoms. That's got to be it. And I agree. And I think melting part here is the part which I think is more important as well. The people who are willing to take their roots off, right? Okay, they are willing to go to places that they have never been to before because of a dream. The people I'm talking about, like my nephew, just two years ago came to U.S. for a master's degree. Okay, now he already was a good student in India. He was hardworking. He got admission and paid for his tuition here. Okay. That is the kind of work ethic we must recommend and we must promote more in our culture. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. So, uh, Manesh, you have two kids, right? Yes. And what public school do they go to? (laughs) Thank you, Doug. They don't go to any school. (laughs) Yeah, they're homeschooled, and Uh here is the main reason, Uh I will tell you. I don't want them brainwashed by other kids and other kids' parents. I just don't want that happening, and teachers included, obviously, because what scares me is they will become addicted to a job. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't want them to think about having a job. I want them to understand the Constitution, the free enterprise. I want them to respect what they have because they're not going to get that education in school. And we have to say, too, Manesh, we've we've had the pleasure of meeting you and and your kids a couple times, too. Uh, You have two of the most well-behaved kids that Doc and I have ever come across with. I mean, when when you and I were meeting, um, they were sitting at a table, they were reading, they were uh, two of the most well-behaved kids I think I've ever seen. Well, you are very kind. Actually, they were speaking highly. My elder, my older daughter, obviously, she's 10. She remembers having met you at the show last year. (laughs) 
Yeah. It, 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 what was your uh, your line that you told me one time? I think you said your kids know more about. I think it was the TARP bailout than most people know about their own finances or something. <laughs> yeah, and again, I was teaching her about Obamacare, and she because my in-laws own a Chinese restaurant, and she we were talking about this zero to forty-nine employees program with Obamacare. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So she immediately understood that if the business does not want to pay these penalties and taxes, she has to understand about eliminating some employees so the numbers are lower than 49, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, absolutely. And she understood that right away. But that's because, you know, that's what I talk about on a consistent basis. That's what I'm focusing on because if they don't learn these things, they won't have the clarity about what makes U.S. great. Manesh, how many books have you written now? Uh, I've published nine books so far. Wow. How, do you have one website in general where people can find out about you? Yeah, mbaxi.com. M as in Mary, B-Boy, A-Apple, X-X-Ray, I-India, mbaxi.com. And Skip and I will tweet out that so people can find out more about your uh, your books. I really appreciate you joining Manesh, and I'm serious. You are truly one of our favorite people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate that as well, and I know you are fighting for the freedom just like we are here in the trenches. And I can tell you, we need more and more people like you to support the cause of free enterprise in this country. All right, buddy. Oh, it's Manek, Manesh Baxi. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you joining us. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Manesh Baxi, and it's B-A-X-I. X-I. Is it two X's or just one? Uh, just one. Okay. So, yeah, it's M. <clears throat> M. Excuse me. M. Baxi.com. And we'll tweet it out. Tremendous part. And if you want to see Manesh, he's either, I think we have a couple clips of him in intolerable.us. Intolerable.us.